Hello, I'm Eddie French, and you might recognise me from such icy news noises as... <coughs> Daddy! And who could forget... <coughs> well, the good news is, is that I now have my own podcast. It's called Pick Scraped, and it is a fortnightly sketch show uh, made entirely by me. So if that sounds like the sort of thing you'd like, go to wherever you get your podcasts and listen to it. Thank you. Pick Scraped. You're listening to IC News, the only network bringing you the stories from across the multiverse. Boris Johnson warns that the shock of Russia invading Ukraine would be felt around the world, proving that he can at least recognise a bad time, even if he doesn't have any clue what a party looks like. Prince Andrew settles the civil case for sexual abuse against him out of court, once again demonstrating his propensity for nipping things in the bud before they've even remotely begun to mature. Donald Trump has a difficult week, as his accountants abandon him and both he and two of his children are ordered to comply with a legal probe into the family business. It's nothing new for Ivanka Trump, who has been actively avoiding an intrusive probe from her own father for years now. And finally, Storm Eunice leaves thousands of homes without power and shreds the roof of the O2 Arena in London, making it the only time that venue's actually had any atmosphere in it. Hello and welcome. I'm Sam Gore, and you're listening to another episode of IC News, where we blow the wheelie bins of our competitors down the street every day just for fun. As Britain spends a lost weekend trying to figure out just which garden their patio furniture has ended up in thanks to Storm Eunice, we're here to bring you back down to terra firma with the biggest stories from across the multiverse. And those stories don't get much bigger than the threat of open war in Europe right here on Earth Prime. The 20s really are shaping up to be the greatest decade of the century, aren't they? The Russian military build-up on Ukraine's border has been going on for weeks now, but the last few days have seen a noticeable ratcheting up of tensions. Troops continue to arrive at the border despite false Russian claims of a withdrawal, and Vladimir Putin has repeated his baseless claims of genocide against Russian-backed separatists in the Donbass region. Rising fears of a false flag pretext for a full invasion is all eerily familiar to the tactics used in Russia's 2008 invasion of Georgia. And hey, if the Borscht ain't broke, why fix it? Putin has used misinformation and the self-declared autonomy of Russian-supporting regions in countries where he wants to gain a foothold as justification for war before. The only thing that's different this time round is that he's been somewhat surprised by the unity of Western opposition. While the situation in Ukraine continues to be incredibly tense, there are, of course... Stop the presses! This is an emergency! Danny, what the hell? I said stop the fucking presses, Sam! There are no presses. This isn't print media and we aren't a newspaper. Then cut the feed, bolt the arse, clip the wings, put a crushed can of coke in the back wheel arch so it sounds like a motorbike. For heaven's sake, do something, Sam. We are on the verge of war! Danny, the last thing we are doing in the face of this crisis is descending into outright hysteria. You need to calm the hell down. 
Calm? I've never been calmer, Sam. I'm a feather on the breeze, a lily pad on a still pond. Me? Calm down? You calm down. This is an international crisis. Only the coolest heads will prevail. Jesus Christ, what's got into you? What's got into me? What's got into you, mate? A world on the verge of tipping into chaos is a crossroads, Sam. A nexus of possibilities where the kissing cousins have changed an opportunity, meet in a bathroom stall and touch dicks. You might be a coward, but I want to be there for that moment. Sorry, you want to be there to watch cousins touch dicks in a toilet? I'm being metaphorical, Sam! I should hope so. Look, the point is, I know what you're going to be doing with all this Ukraine nonsense. You're going to be all matter-of-fact about it and riddled with Western bias. Wah, wah, wah. Putin's show of strength is in open defiance of NATO. Wah. I bet you haven't got a single thing there on your little OQ about the potential positives of all this. Danny, we're talking about the possibility of full-blown war in Europe. I'm struggling to see what you could possibly be considering a positive in all this. And since when were you pro-Russia? Are you fucking daft? I'm an obnoxious online conspiracy theorist who goads the libs and rails against vaccine mandates and the globalist elite. Where the fuck do you think I've been getting my ideas from? I've not got the energy to think of them myself, mate. I got radicalised on Fortnite. But that's besides the point. I'm not here to sing the praises of Mother Russia. Quite the opposite. I'm here to endorse capitalism, Sam. And you know how much capitalists bloody love a good war. Oh, Christ. Yeah, I see exactly where this is going now. And no, you're not doing it. Oh, yes, I am, Sam. And do you know how? Well, I can't wait for you to tell me, Danny, but I assure you that at no point in this episode are you going to be saying... Go, go, catch it, pepper spray! Ah, God, my eyes! (laughs) Thank you, Dark Web. (laughs) Now, where is it? Ah, Here we go. (sighs) Fellow Britons, are you terrified at the thought of a horrifying new war in Europe? Do you worry that you're soft, Paunchy body will be used as a foot cushion by cannibal raiders in the irradiated wasteland of the future. Do you fear for the rising cost of food and fuel in this, our new war-torn future? Well, put those fears to bed, tuck them in, and then whisper in their ear that you're not even the real dad. Because you, dear customer, have got fuck all to worry about. Danny's Jetwash Emporium, in partnership with Sutcliffe's military surplus and expired pharmaceuticals, have got you covered. Food and water purification? Check. Geiger counters and iodine tablets? Check. Tools and weapons for trench warfare? Check. Don't delay. Buy today and check out our online store for all of your wartime needs. We've got blackout curtains and powdered egg for that blitz nostalgia you wankers have been clamouring in for for years now. We've got sheet metal for Anderson shelters, air scrubbers for filtration systems, short-handled shovels that double not only as digging tools, but also as hand-to-hand weapons for seeing off radioactive zombies in the event of a full nuclear winter. But the biggest bargain of all, at just 375 of your great British pounds, is our patented post-apocalyptic multi-tool. It's got everything you could possibly need. 
Several feet of rubber hose for siphoning off your neighbour's diesel when the price goes through the roof. A full set of lockpicks for breaking in some military stockades in your desperate hunt for rations. A set of gardening multi-tools so that you can turn your garden into a self-sufficient miniature farm. And a complete phrase book that covers all the basic Russian you'll ever need to bow down successfully to your new overlords. The bombs could start dropping at any minute, and the rush on these will start immediately. So beat the queue while you can and act now! Sutcliffe Military Surplus and Expired Pharmaceuticals takes no responsibility for injuries sustained when using its patented post-apocalyptic multi-tool. Said multi-tool is a standard B&M retractable hose pipe with a screwdriver and child's gardening trowel superglued to it. Previously mentioned iodine tablets are mostly miniature bounties from several years' worth of Christmas gift boxes of celebrations. Previously mentioned Geiger counters are hand-operated and are not, under any circumstances, just a single piece of gravel in an Altoid tin that's been painted yellow. All purchases are non-refundable and must be made in cash! Danny, get back here, you absolute dick! Oh, God, that's... Dings! Ah. Before I was so violently interrupted, ow, I was talking about the unity of Western opposition to Russia's hostility in Ukraine. Without full NATO membership, direct military support for the Ukrainians is unlikely to be forthcoming, which is why the West has instead been threatening severe economic sanctions against Russia and its key figures in response to any invasion. This week, Liz Truss, Boris Johnson and Pretty Patel have all been jostling to try and position themselves at the front of that political battleground, but the simple and unfortunate fact remains that Britain hasn't exactly been openly hostile to Russia's pernicious financial influence over the last few years. Alison June-Smith is down south this week to explain how Russia has already embedded its presence in our nation's capital city. Ah, London. What a city. Home of the West End, Big Ben, and Buckingham Palace. It smells like money. That charming, familiar combination of piss, diesel fumes, and cocaine. The capital of our great nation is a global tourist hub, a magnet for business and investment, and a washing machine for laundering some of the dirtiest money you've ever seen. London can rinse all that blood and oil off your rubles until they positively sparkle, and at the end of it, they'll smell so fresh that you won't get a single whiff of stolen wealth off of them. London has had a serious Russian money problem for many years now. The current crisis in Ukraine has only served to highlight just how reluctant our politicians have been to get any kind of grip on the situation. The fall of the Soviet Union saw thousands of Kremlin-linked Russian elites climb their way to wealth and power on the back of chaos. And before long, they started seeking to move their money away from home. The luxury property market in London became the perfect place to stash the cash for Russia's nouveau riche. Many of whom have grown accustomed to the decadence of a Western lifestyle. And why not? London's got plenty to offer your average modern oligarch. High fashion, top-end entertainment, glitz, glamour, and the indulgence for those high-end tastes. And when the nostalgia pangs for the motherland kick in, all they need to do is jump on the tube. Ta-da! All of a sudden, you're right back in the bleak and miserable crush of the gulag. Attracting foreign investment into London has long been a major driving force in Britain's wider economic growth. 
Historically, however, that investment has not exactly come with a lot of due diligence performed on our end. The panic slamming shut of the Golden Visa Highway this week is a welcome step in stopping corrupt individuals pouring their dodgy wealth into our cities. But Transparency International warns us that up to 150 luxury London mansions with a value of one and a half billion pounds are already owned by Russians with close ties to the Kremlin. Between 2008 and 2015, 700 wealthy Russians moved here on Tier 1 visas. And in that period, no state checks at all on the origins of their wealth were carried out. Ending the golden visa pathway now is like closing a stable door in Russia when the horse has already moved here, made itself at home, and shat all over the threadbare rug of our democracy. Since 2017, prominent Russian donors have poured nearly two and a half million pounds into the coffers of a conservative party that has, purely coincidentally, bolstered Russia's foreign policy aims by pushing an agenda that has destabilized our ties with Europe. All of this tough talk from Liz Truss and all the Tories now rings pretty damn hollow when the Conservatives have been so utterly compromised by campaign donations from prominent Russians since Boris Johnson came into power. And Boris himself insists that his government have cracked down on dodgy Russian investment in the capital. But, and here's the shocker for you, he's talking out his asshole. Our Prime Minister has repeatedly pointed to unexplained wealth orders as one of his government's greatest weapons in the fight against foreign influence and corruption. And on paper, they're great. If you're a politically exposed individual and you're suddenly buying up property that seems to be well beyond your financial means, an unexplained wealth order allows the authorities to force you to explain your financial situation. And that's under threat of the property or asset in question being seized by the state. When they were first introduced in 2017, the Home Office predicted 20 of them would be issued every year in the fight against money laundering and corruption. But the reality is that only four of them have ever been issued. And none of these have ever targeted Russians. And here's the real kicker. None have been issued since, you guessed it, Boris Johnson came to power. Our failure to regulate and enforce on this issue severely damages our ability to effectively sanction Russia. Hell, even now, the threat to crack down on London's oligarchs comes with conditions. Liz Truss is effectively warning it'll only happen if Russia invades Ukraine. To basically admit that our capital's property market is a hotbed of fraud and corruption... But we can fix the crisis in Ukraine by threatening to maybe police our own laws isn't exactly the terrifying threat she seems to think it is. But hey, what can you do? In London, money has always talked. And what it seems to be saying is that for our government, keeping it flowing is a lot more important than any war in Ukraine. I'm Alison June-Smith. And I'm going to go and spend nine quid to drink a single pint in a pub full of absolute cunts. Reporting for IC News.
from one set of massive bastards living in London mansions and rotting Britain from the inside out to another, we now pivot to the royal family. You'd have to have been living under a Pizza Express in Woking this week to miss the extraordinary news that Prince Andrew has chosen to settle the sex assault civil case against him out of court. The man who claimed he was looking forward to proving his innocence once and for all has instead opted to pay an undisclosed sum to avoid ever having to, a sum which some newspapers are reporting to be as high as £12 million, which I think we can all agree is a completely logical amount of money to pay a woman you've repeatedly claimed to have never met, let alone sexually abused in the London flat of a convicted paedophile and sex trafficker. Joining us live in the studio today for an actual pre-planned studio discussion... Fuck you, Sam! ...is our royal correspondent, Sebastian Forlock. Sebastian, this is a sombre and serious moment in the ongoing saga of this horrific story of sexual abuse and child exploitation. So I'm hoping we can reflect on this outcome with a level of gravity that it deserves. Ring the bells, Britain, line the streets, dust off the bunting and sound the trumpets. Victory and vindication for our beloved monarchy is at hand. The jubilee is upon us, and this grubby episode has finally been laid to rest in its twisted crypt of lies and falsehoods. Prince Andrew's name has been cleared wiped clean by the tear-stained hands of Mother Justice, who wept so freely to see his suffering. Or we could do that. Kiss my whole arsehole, Sam. Kiss it deeply and thoroughly. No longer will you act as profane purveyor of lies and slander. The blessed day has come, and victory has been claimed. Can you please just stop ringing the bell, at least? Hmm? What's that? Oh, right, the bell! Yes, yes, I'll give that a rest now. I really don't have the wrist stamina I used to anyway. <laughs> Honestly. You should have seen me in my prime. At a good Conservative Party conference in the 90s, I could crank off three sitting lords at once without even breaking a sweat. But such is the nature of entropy, Sam. Age descends to wither us all. Well, you know what they say, Sebastian. You're only as old as the person you feel. And you can drop that fucking tone right now, Sonny Jim. This is serious. It's no laughing matter. We're talking about child trafficking and rape. I really wish you wouldn't roll your R's quite so much on rape, you know. Well, if I'd known my work as royal correspondent would end up with me saying it quite so often, Sam, I probably wouldn't have put as much effort into this characterization. But let's put the fourth wall aside and concentrate more on the matter at hand, shall we? Which is, of course, the glorious end to this miserable scandal. The end that seen Prince Andrew found entirely innocent and inculpable. The end which, let's face it, is the verdict I've been telling you that we would see all along. I'm going to stop you right there, Sebastian, because you're using words like innocent and verdict, and you know damn well what you're doing. We're not talking about a criminal trial here, and Prince Andrew has absolutely not been found innocent or inculpable. We're talking about a financial settlement in a civil case, one that actually raises far more questions than it answers. Well, here's a question for you, Sam. 
Does this whole sorry affair now come to an end with our noble prince not spending a single day behind bars? Answer? Yes. And in my book, that's about as innocent as it gets. I really think we ought to start concentrating on what's important here, dear boy. You know, the Jubilee celebrations? Oh, come off it, Sebastian. That's bullshit and you know it. Just a few short days ago, Andrew was calling these allegations completely false and insisting he looked forward to proving his innocence in court. And what's your point, dear chap? My point, Sebastian, is that a man who insists he wants to prove his innocence in court starts to lose a little bit of credibility when he suddenly decides to pay 12 million quid to actively avoid doing so. That's blasphemy and pure conjecture, Sam. It won't stand and you know it. Well, OK, well, how about the fact that Andrew has very clearly completely changed his version of events by agreeing to this settlement? He may not have directly admitted guilt, but not so long ago he reckoned he'd never met Virginia Giffray, and now he's saying she's absolutely a victim of the most horrific exploitation and abuse. As is absolutely right and proper, Sam. Despite the fact that not so long ago he claimed he'd never met her, and he was accusing her of being a liar and a fantasist looking for a payday. His statement, that he now never meant to demean and dismiss her experiences, rings pretty fucking hollow given the grotesquely aggressive tack his defence first took in this case. <laughs> I really don't think your listeners are going to be all that interested in the tedious technicalities you seem determined to drag us all through here, Sam. The fact is that the case has concluded, and it has concluded without a direct admission of guilt from the prince. So he's paying 12 million bastard quid to a complete stranger out of the goodness of his heart, is he? What other reason could there be, Sam? Dear Andrew has always been an altruist. This gesture is just his latest in a string of noble ones. Jesus Christ, you really do live in an alternate reality, don't you? Quite the contrary, Sam. I've no need for the multiverse on this one, and nor do you. There's already a dimension where wealth and privilege buys you out of culpability for the most grotesque of transgressions, and it's right here on Earth Prime. Depressingly, I don't think there's any disputing that. And can't you see? Everyone wins here! Virginia Giffray has been rightfully recognised as the victim of the most awful abuse by someone other than Prince Andrew, naturally. And Prince Andrew gets to support victims of trafficking with a generous financial settlement without ever admitting direct fault or criminality. Right, so what you're basically saying is that the Grand Old Duke of York paid several million quid to basically not quite admit that he did, in fact, fuck kids. Oh, grow up, you fucking peasant. I already have done. Thankfully, without a lifetime of childhood sexual trauma to compartmentalise and process. Oh, bless. Clearly your heart bleeds, Sam. Well, good news, dear boy. It's our money that will be paying for this settlement. So, in a way, we're... All paying to support the victims Prince Andrew definitely didn't diddle, because he's innocent! Look over there! Nothing to see here! Innocent! Over there, you mean? Oh, look! 
Isn't that Prince Charles's charity being investigated by the police in a cash for honours scandal? Gah, no, not over there. I mean, look over there at the big girl carriage and the Jubilee Parade. I'm Sebastian Forlock, and there's always a parade to look at instead. Reporting for IC News. Well, that cheery little interview brings us to the end of our broadcast, and with it, the end of season six. Every single time we take a break, something massive happens in the news, so we'll be back covering what I can only assume will be a full-blown war in Europe in two weeks' time. Until then, try and enjoy next week's compilation episode as best you can, and we leave you now, as always, with the headlines you may have... Hang on, what's that noise? Pikachu, I choose you! Oh, fuck you, not again! Ah! Britain! Are you struggling with the everyday violence in this, our new war-torn reality? Have you been repeatedly pepper-sprayed at work? Do you need the soothing arms of a proper, medically-formulated eyewash solution that will instantly end the pain and leave you feeling cooled and refreshed? Yes! Ah! Oh my god, it burns! What you need is Danny's patented anti-pepper spray cooling eye milk! It's specifically designed to end that violent burning straight away! Just give it here! Danny's painted anti-pepper spray cooling eye milk is mostly expired double cream from the bins behind Aldi that may or may not have been urinated into by several inebriated homeless people. Uh, fuck, whatever, just hand it over. Oh my god, my eyes. That'll be 50 quid, please, pal. Oh, oh shit, sorry, wrong bottle. That was me pocket Tabasco. Danny, I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> no refunds. Sarah for now, listeners. We'll see you back here in two weeks for the start of season seven. Dab, Sam. Don't grind the eels of your hands into them. You'll only make it worse. I hate you so much. Well, you still owe me 50 quid. me, Danny Sutcliffe. I'm here today with a right bargain for you. And no, it's not just the mystery me I've got in the back of me van. Although that is also primo stuff, so meet me behind odd bins and flash your full beams if you're interested. If you haven't joined our Patreon yet, we've got a special offer for you. Sign up now as one of our early bird supporters and you can get access to all of our exclusive content for just £2 a month. If you want bonus podcast sketches, compilation episodes and ICU stories, this is the cheapest you're ever going to get them. You've got to be quick though, this deal is limited to the first 500 patrons and they'll get snapped up quick. It's the best way to show your support for the show and you'll be helping us to grow moving forwards. As always, thank you for all of your support and we hope you enjoy the show. And no, it's not badger me. And if Brian May tries to tell you otherwise, he's a fucking liar. <laughs>